Can Kenny Pickett beat out Mitchell Trubisky for the starting spot? Who are some of your favorite out-of-nowhere prospects? And, of course, got my guy John Harris on with us today, so you know we're doing either or later in this show. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. Let's go. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And today I'm joined with my guy, John Harris. You know, he's coming with us every Wednesday, live and direct. John Harris covers the Houston Texans, and he's an analyst for them and doing Texans TV as well. Also has uh, footballtakeover.com. You can follow everything that John Harris is doing on Twitter at jharrisfootball. And, of course, you can follow myself at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter as well. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Uh, fun topics today. As usual, you come up with some really good stuff in our production <laughs> meeting. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, I did Eric quotes in our production yeah. meeting, which is a.k.a. the Google Gmail. All right, but fun topics today. And we're starting with a quarterback who was drafted First round by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't think there was any surprise in Pittsburgh taking a quarterback. Some people thought it might be Malik Willis. You know, we've had all those type of discussions. But right now, you know, heading into training camp, there has to be a quarterback battle when you draft a guy first round. And the guy ahead of him is Mitchell Trubisky, right? Now, we've seen some situations where the guy ahead of him is this established veteran. So if he doesn't beat him out, it's fine. You know, it's a guy that maybe won a bunch of games, playoff caliber quarterback, and the expectations for a rookie shouldn't be to be the guy out. But in this scenario, where Trubisky's play has been kind of very hit or miss, but he has had two playoff appearances of his own, got Kenny Pickett now from that state, played at Pittsburgh, now playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How do you see it playing out, John? This one's interesting to me, Eric, because, you know, we've talked a lot about the 2023 quarterbacks. I mean, a number of podcasts, this, you know, this offseason, you know, after – the, the 2022 draft, you know, we talked about CJ Stroud, we talked about Bryce Young, but the, the one thing we've also brought up too is the depth in that particular quarterback class that's coming to the NFL. And I bring that up in conjunction with this one because we talked about it. We, we went back and forth on this all throughout draft season about, you know, do you want to spend a first round draft pick on a quarterback? Do you want to do it? We talked about, you know, my Houston Texans. I was like, no, doesn't make any sense. We were in a different, in a, everybody's, every team's got a unique situation, but we were in a different situation because we had Davis Mills. But there were some teams that didn't have a concrete solution at quarterback. And the question that they had to, to come up with basically was, look, do we, do we tank and just go for one of these quarterbacks that's going to be there because the depth in this quarterback class in 2023 is just immense? Or do we try to find somebody – and maybe find a good value for a quarterback in this draft in 2022. And that's what the Falcons did with Desmond Ritter in the third round. That's what the Titans did with Malik Willis in the third round. Getting those quarterbacks in the third round, I think those guys have an opportunity to start this year. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are the only team to go ahead and jump in with a first-round draft pick. And then and, – and I'm not too surprised by this. I saw this go down in 2017 here in Houston when Tom Savage was the quote-unquote starter – 
and Deshaun Watson was drafted, and Bill O'Brien was like, look. That, that lasted, what, one half? Yeah, it lasted 30 minutes of football. <laughs> it lasted 30 <laughs> minutes. Deshaun came in, and then Jalen Ramsey was telling everybody afterwards, like, bro, come on. You know who And we all knew, except for Bill O'Brien, and, of course, he found out pretty quickly it should have been Watson. But the point being, I don't know that Pittsburgh will have that same sort of epiphany, but if they decide to go with Mitchell Trubisky, and I don't, and look, I, I I think Mitchell's still got a little something in the tank. But if they go with Mitchell, then did they waste the pick on Kenny Pickett, knowing that 2023 is going to have a ton of quarterbacks in it? And if if Trubisky wins just enough games to keep them in it, and they go 7-10 and 10 or 8-9, and well, that's going to put them 14th, 15th in the draft. It's going to take them out of that mix to go get a one of these top-notch quarterbacks. Now, there's still – be some depth there that they could have drafted one, but will it be a wasted pick if Kenny Pickett doesn't beat out Mitchell Trubisky? And I think that's something that the Steelers probably had to address with both Kevin Colbert, who was leaving, and Omar Khan, who was coming in as the GM. Does it make sense to go with Kenny Pickett right now? And maybe the decision wasn't even theirs because the Steelers, the Roonies, they know what they passed on in 1983. Same situation. Oakland, uh, uh, Oakland area in Pittsburgh, where Dan Marino went to high school. He went to Pitt. He was right there under their nose. They passed on him because of things they heard or whatever. And the Rooneys were like, "We're not going to make that. Uh, we're not going to make that decision again." Now, is Kenny Pickett Dan Marino? Mm, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't <laughs> think so. But they're not taking the risk that he's that they're going to miss on him if he does become that guy. And so they went with him. So I don't know that ultimately is a wasted pick. But I, I would have liked to have heard what they were thinking about when it came time to pick Kenny Pickett. Does that mean, yeah, he's going to be our guy. We want to get it started this year. I have no problem with that. But if it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky's year, then it's going to feel like Kenny Pickett was a really wasted pick for the Steelers in 2022. What do you think the right thing to do is? Now, we, we've seen quarterbacks in Pittsburgh, you know, outside of Ben Roethlisberger, have to come in and play and still have some level of quote-unquote success. There was the uh, year with Doug Hodges and Mason Rudolph. And I know, yep. you know, I mean, obviously Ben Roethlisberger played for a ton of years, so this is a one-off season. Right. But still, won eight games. So I think the expectations right. for Kenny Pickett would be like, well, can you be better than Doug Hodges and Mason Rudolph? And if so, should we just roll with that? Because that might be a nine or even ten-win team. Like, this is a team that, I feel like it's kind of loaded. Defensively, yep. they have a lot of really good players. I yep. think you can lean on that. Uh, we saw that with they, you know, with them spending a first round pick on Najee Harris last year and wanting to have a lot of the game run through him. He ran the ball a ton. Uh, the yards per carry wasn't quite there because they have to do some work on the offensive line, but he did a terrific job of being a pass catcher as well. You see them loading up on weapons all over the place with the pass catchers there. So yep. is this team better suited? To have a guy like him come in and play right away, even if you think maybe weeks one through four, he might not be better than Trubisky. But weeks five through 18, hey, we've seen the progression of him and where he's doing things that we like. And maybe it's not the splashiest of quarterback play, but almost like what we saw from young Ben Roethlisberger, where they leaned a lot on the run game. Do you yep. think that maybe they yes. can do that with Kenny Pickett? Yes, I think the biggest difference is the offensive line. I don't know the offensive line is quite where it was back in 04 when they were relying on Big Ben and, and Bettis, and you know Bettis could be his own offensive line too. I think that's one difference. I think the fact 
that they drafted Kenny Pickett, hand him the ball soon. Don't get out of – don't go into uh, November without having put Kenny Pickett on a field to start. And I think of, I think of the 49ers, your team, Eric, in, in, in this situation when they drafted Trey Lance. And I was a big Trey Lance guy. I, I just felt like he was the guy at number three. That was the guy that was going to have the most upside, especially with what they were doing. Uh, offensively, I just felt like Lance was going to fit that. But Jimmy Garoppolo was a capable guy that had won some games, and I think Mitchell Trubisky kind of falls into that same category in some sense. But I think Pittsburgh's at a point where they need a jolt. They really need a jolt from their quarterback, and I think they're going to get that from Kenny Pickett. I think Pickett starts eventually within the first four or five weeks of the season, and that's where you can let him make his mistakes. I mean, I go back to the example of 2017. I think deep down – Bill O'Brien knew that Deshaun Watson was going to be the guy to start in 2017, but he just didn't want to give up on three years of grooming Tom Savage. And I can understand that to a degree. I can understand that to a degree. But when you got 45 other guys that you got to attend to on game day, you got to look at them, or 44 other guys, not counting Savage, and say, did we put our best guy out there? Did we put our best team out there to go win? They knew week one they didn't do that. They didn't do that. And then week two, it started Cincinnati and, then, of course, um, you know, went on from there. Point being, I think I'm going to Kenny Pickett very, very early because, A, if I'm the Steelers brass, I, I want to prove that I didn't waste a pick on a rookie quarterback. And I got to see – I want to see what he's got. If he goes out there and it just completely flames out. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. But if he goes and completely flames out, man, maybe you got to make a quick pivot to 2023 in this quarterback class. Maybe you have to do that. I just don't think Mitchell Trubisky does much for you uh, in the way that – I should say Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I like Jimmy okay. But Jimmy's better than what Tom Savage or Mitchell Trubisky were. But with Trey Lance sitting behind, I just felt like there was a lot on tap potential. And I think it's going to come to fruition this year. And it worked because there was no other quarterback you could bring in. That doesn't work as much for Kenny Pickett because if he fails, for whatever reason, however you define failure, if he fails – Steelers are going to have to look at what do we do with this quarterback class because there's so many of them. We can't just pass on a guy that we think is going to be better than what we thought Kenny Pickett was going to be. So I fire Pickett in there. I think Pickett's going to be fine, actually. I think he's going to he's going to make do. And I think the right formula is what you just said, Eric. I think the run game definitely helps. You have Najee Harris, but you have weapons. And I always think a young quarterback is helped by throwing the ball deep threats throw the ball deep stretch the field a little bit get all that anxiety out let them just air it out a few times and go with it and see where it puts you and, I, and sometimes you put defenses on on notice i mean look you, you played defensive back uh eric you know you play corner i mean it's a different different animal i played safety but i know this if i saw somebody go running by me and they threw one deep it if it hit if it missed i was scared to death i'm like i'm backing up a couple yards i mean i was slow so that also helped but just let him air it out. Get that anxiety out. And I think if you do that enough with Kenny Pickett, he's going to hit a few. Because his deep ball accuracy is not the best in the world, but it's pretty good. And I think he can hit those yeah. throws. And if you create those throws with these guys, they have a receiver. My goodness. You got something there with Pittsburgh if you're able to do that offensively. So I think Pickett is not going to be a wasted pick. But he's got a he, – I mean, he's got a short leash in year one, which is kind of sad to say, but because all these quarterbacks are coming in 2023, I think that leash is going to be shorter than it normally would be. 
And we've seen some quarterbacks have short leases. Josh Rosen spent one year yes, with Arizona. Very much so. Did not go well. It was a terrible situation. They immediately moved on from him after him being the top 10 pick. Uh, we saw with Dwayne Haskins over there with Washington. Yes. They were willing to move off of him right away. So uh, Kenny Pickett would have to be the, would actually be the lowest draft pick of the two guys previously well, named. And yep. uh, things happen fast in the NFL right now. Pittsburgh Steelers, they are not playing around. I could see them potentially moving on from them, but we're going to talk about a little bit more of guys who, not moving on from players, but who started off uh, not so hot and ended up getting hot and being number one overall pick or being the top five pick in the draft. We're going to talk about some of those guys up next, but first we want to talk to you a little bit about rockauto.com. And now this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. All right, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local, local chain auto parts store to stock all the car parts that your car needs. Why endure pointless and seamless intimidating questioning about the vehicle that you have and wait for a person that is behind the counter to order only the parts that they happen to have on their computer, choosing the only brand that they happen to carry in their warehouse? Well, you have computer access with rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So use it, saving time and money while using Rock Auto. All right, why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even sometimes 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? All right, we're dealing with that right now. My wife needs a new car. Okay, we went to the dealership. They wanted to charge us $400. That just happened before here. Uh, we got on this show. I said, no way. We're going to rockauto.com. We're going to get that part. It's going to be much cheaper. We'll replace it ourselves. All right. And if you are into doing things and replacing things yourself, Rock Auto has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And the prices are reliably low for every customer. So that $400 that the dealership was trying to charge me, it won't be that at rockauto.com. And for whatever your salary is, your wage, your budget, they have something for everyone. And not just something for everyone as it pertains to the prices, but they have everything that you can need for your car. Uh, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet as well. All right, go to their easy-to-use website right now and find a solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com we want to thank you for making locked on nfl draft your first listen of the day and for your second listen of the day you know what go check out all the podcasts that the locked on network has whether you use apple pods whether you use spotify just search locked on and they have something for everyone no matter the sport you listen to as well great local experts across the platform all right, John, let's talk about some of these guys that have kind of come out of nowhere and been number one overall picks. I think as of late, obviously, we can talk about Trayvon Walker. We will get there. But there was a guy the year before who was drafted and ultimately ended up in the Super Bowl, a guy that could not even get on the field at Ohio State, was playing behind a guy that we just mentioned in Dwayne Haskins, but Joe Burrow. And I think a lot of people see the rise to fame for Joe Burrow. And it almost feels like because of how he handles himself that this is a guy that's been doing this throughout his entire life. And he probably was a high prospect coming out, uh, you know, wherever he went, grew up, which I believe he's from Ohio. Is he from the state yeah, of Ohio? Yeah, Athens, Ohio. Yeah, Athens, Yeah, so Ohio. he's from Ohio, and he probably was the man. Go to Ohio State, probably a dream of his. Didn't work out. Had to leave and go to LSU. In his first year at LSU, it wasn't great. 
It wasn't like he was lighting the world on fire. He had those guys, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, uh, Terrace Marshall. A lot of those guys were there. But it wasn't this flashy, splashy offense that we saw. And then that last year, it just exploded. So this is definitely a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. What did you see with that whole situation and how it played out to where ultimately he was the number one overall pick? You know what my biggest – well, my biggest fear is snakes. Eric, and I'm sure all of us out there could relate. There's, 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 everybody's got a big fear about something. My biggest fear as it pertains to the NFL draft at this time of the year is that I don't know about somebody that I need to know about. There's somebody out there right now that's going to go in the first round that I don't have in the database, I haven't been paying attention to. He's just not on, he's just not on my radar screen like maybe he's supposed to. And, and Joe Burrow is always the one that it really comes to mind because I remember writing up quarterbacks that offseason. And I just remember thinking, man, you know, Burrow does some good things. But, man, you look back at the numbers of his, his junior year, which was 2018, and you just think, hmm, I don't know. I don't see it. The accuracy is off the, the completion percentage. But then you heard about Joe Brady. And so, you know, he's come from the Saints. He's bringing the Saints passing game. And then he played that game against Texas in week two. And it really wasn't that so much was the, the numbers. Real yeah. quick, John, let me read off some of his numbers, right? So so for people that don't know exactly what John is talking about and the difference between his red shirt junior year and his red shirt senior year. All right. So this is a guy that was a five he was in college for five years. As a right. freshman at Ohio State, he redshirted, did not play at all. Played in five games as a freshman, but only threw twenty eight passes. All right. And then in the next year at Ohio State, he played in five games as well, only through 11 passes. Now, he was the starter for LSU in 2018 and 2019. 2018, in 13 games, he threw 200 less passes than he threw in that last season. He only completed 57% of his passes. And in 2019, he completed 76% of his passes. And that's not the most amazing part. He threw damn near, I feel like, three times as many yards from his junior to his senior year. So we're talking about an amazing jump going from 2,800 yards, almost 2,900 yards, to 5,600 yards in a season. And that's not even the craziest part. The, the touchdowns. He went yes, from 16 touchdowns and five interceptions to 60 touchdowns and six picks. Like, amazing. How do you throw – 200 more passes and only throw one more interception. He, yeah. I don't know if we've ever seen a jump like that. So I know you were talking about how, man, yeah. what did I potentially miss? I don't think he missed anything. I think he just had an amazing last year, and he's kind of carried that on to the NFL. And I think, you know, a lot of us in our position, you know, draft analysts or whatever you want to, you know, call us, we're always trying to find that next guy. Hey, man, have you seen this guy from, you know, Arkansas, Monticello? Let me tell you. Eric Crocker, this dude's going to be a boss. Like, we're always looking for that guy. Right. I have, I, I'm lucky that I get to call some Sam Houston games. And so I have my eyes on Zion McCollum and Tristan McCollum for, for five years. Um, I have my eyes on those guys. And so I always kind of felt like, oh, you guys seen these guys from Sam Houston? And all the draft dancers like, no, no. And I'm like, oh, let me tell you about them. See, you always have that. But Joe Burrow was right in front of us. He's at LSU. He had been at Ohio State. But those numbers were so incredibly non-jaw-dropping in 2018. I just remember thinking going into 2019, like, I'm going to keep my eye on Burrow, but, eh, you know, I don't know. But what I remember, and this 
and, and it's funny because hindsight being 2020, you look back and go, hmm, maybe we should have known. In the bowl game against UCF, he throws a pick six early in the game, and he's going over to make the tackle, and he gets absolutely hammered. He gets lit up by a UCF defensive lineman. And Eric, from that point forward, that game and through his 2019 season, he threw 64 touchdowns. Crazy. It, it was almost as if that hit sent him to a different stratosphere. And I, and it's hard to even explain that. But what you started seeing in that week two against Texas, the numbers were astronomical, but what you saw were the throws. And there was one throw early on in that game. He throws down the sideline at Jamar Chase in between the numbers and the sideline. It just drops it right in a bucket and went, whoa, wow. And then he continued to do it the rest of the night. It digs over, I mean, everything. He was on a point. I thought, you know, it's not just the numbers, but his ball placement, his his Joe Cool in the pocket, everything was where you wanted to be. And oh, by the way, if he needed to get out of the pocket, he could. And I thought, man, wow. How, how did we, did we miss it? How did we miss it? And I feel a little bit like that with Zach Wilson, with BYU. And it's funny because a friend of mine had been touting Zach Wilson. He had seen Zach Wilson the year before, not the COVID year of 2020, but he saw him in 2018 or 2019. He came back and we were, we were doing a game together. My friend Andre Ware, 1989 Heisman Trophy winner, I'm dropping names. And he said, we're in a break. And he would do that. He does this from time to time. And I just hear, we go to a break. And he goes, Johnny. I was like, yeah. He goes, you seen this BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson? I was like, yeah. And he goes, he's going to be a player. And he was the first one to tell me about him. I was like, okay. Kind of kept my eye on him. And I was like, eh, he hasn't done much. In October, Dre put up a you know draft. Like, here are the top five quarterbacks. He had Trevor Lawrence one. He had Zach Wilson two. And everybody thought he was crazy. Yep. And he's I like, just that. watch him. Just watch him. And then all of a sudden, he just kept rising and rising and rising. And it was almost kind of the same thing. I mean, that Zach Wilson in 20. 19 was just ordinary. He'd been banged up. He just, eh. And all of a sudden in 2020, it clicks. You see that whip of an arm. You see him move in the pocket. And he ends up going number two overall. It was like back-to-back years where two quarterbacks, one Joe Burrow kind of coming out of nowhere, he goes number one. The next year, Zach Wilson goes number two. And going into the season, nobody was talking about either, really, either one of those two guys. Right. And it's not like they were playing at, you know, Southwest Texas Tech, you know, they were playing right in front of us at BYU and at LSU. And we just, we flat out, we flat out missed them. And I just wonder, who's that going to be this year? Is a guy like Jaden Daniels go to LSU under Brian Kelly and just right. tear it up? And he becomes, you know, that guy? Um, hey, you know, maybe I, Dorian Thompson-Robinson yes, at UCLA. UCLA. Does it yes. just all of a sudden click? They got a little bit better talent yes. there. And we see him take off right because that's a guy who's yeah. really talented yes and here's another one max johnson going from lsu to texas a&m now i don't think max is as physically gifted arm strength all that kind of stuff but he is he's smart he knows where to go with the football he is calm and cool under pressure uh he's brad johnson's son so he understands the nfl mindset you know that's another guy from from lsu that or that from lsu going to texas a&m to keep an eye on i just think there might be some guys in this quarterback class as good as it is there might be some guys in this class that are kind of lying in the weeds like, hey, watch what I do. I'll pull a burrow. I'll be, I'll be Zach Wilson. Watch me. I'll do this. And some, it'll happen. It will happen. It's just a matter of which guy is that going to be. 
and which draft analysts will, you know, put all chips in going, just like John Andre did. Zach Wilson's that guy. Who's that going to be? Phil Jerkovic from Boston College. Does DJ – well, he's, I can't really put him in that category. He was just bad last year. But maybe he comes back. DJ Uyunglele from That would from be Clemson. a huge surprise. If, Massive if, if, and, if that comes back. But not something that shouldn't – it shouldn't be a big surprise, right? We, we right. know he has immense talent. We know he has yeah. immense ability. But he just played bad last season. So can he get yep. back to more of what the flashes that he showed in the 2020 season? I love your, I love your DTR. I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson's kind of lying in the weeds – 6'1", 205, you know, not, not the biggest guy, but, man, tough. Played at Gorman uh, in Las Vegas. A lot of experience with Chip Kelly. I think that can help. And I know Chip – oh, Chip Kelly off – look, Chip Kelly's got offensive – he's got offensive schemes that are now being used in the NFL. And a guy like Dorian Thompson-Robinson can come to the league like a Jalen Hurts and go do something in the NFL and be a productive quarterback – I think that's a great one, DTR, to keep an eye on at UCLA. Yeah, keep an eye on him and plenty of other guys. We're going to keep an eye on all of those guys. But coming up next, we got Either Or with our guy, John Harris. And uh, first, we want to talk to you a little bit about BetOnline.net and how it is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league news, reviews, and it's also including this year's NHL Playoffs are finally over. Yeah, the NHL playoffs are over, but Major League Baseball is still going. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head over right now to the website to use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and action going on at BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, this is one of my favorite parts of the week when we get into our either or. So uh, it's just me, no, no, uh, no, no, Ryan Tracy today. But what do you got for me? Okay, I'm gonna make you the general manager for three different teams. Okay, I like okay. being general manager for three teams. Okay. I like it. You get it. We're going to make you the general manager in Seattle. John Schneider's done a heck of a job in Seattle. Give him his kudos. He's done a great job in Seattle next to Pete Carroll. But John Schneider is out and you're in. you got a decision to make. Do you either tank this year and you go with Drew Locke? And I should say tank. Do you just let the cards play as they are with Drew Locke and Geno Smith? Or... Do you make a move to go get Baker Mayfield and get as many W's as you can in Seattle? General Manager Eric Crocker, what decision do you make? You know, I'm looking at my head coach, Pete Carroll. He's not getting any younger. But he is right. a guy that does a really good job of instilling confidence in his players. And we are going to give him the opportunity to see if he can instill some level of confidence in Drew Locke and get the most out of him. We've seen it in, in flashes. Can he get some consistency out of him? If he can't, that's fine. Because then we end up with a top five pick in the upcoming draft, being able to draft one of these more talented quarterbacks and really build for the future. Now, I think the question after that would be, are we building with or without Pete Carroll? And I think at that point, we get Pete Carroll's walking papers. We're going in a new direction. And we hire a young, hot name head coach that's an offensive guru or whatever, and uh, thank Pete Carroll for his time. I like it. Okay. You're going to move all the way. So, across. essentially, I'm saying we're tanking. <laughs> gotcha. 
and that's okay. All right. Uh, you didn't so much get fired in Seattle, but you got a better gig in New Jersey with the New Jersey Jets. I'm sure they love that. And I'm offering you this opportunity to, if you want, redo the 2021 NFL draft. We talked about Zach Wilson a little while ago. Going to go into year two. We think, I think he's got some promise. There's, we saw some things. But I'm going to allow you the opportunity to redo the 2021 draft right there at number two. And you can either have Zach Wilson pick or you can draft Jamar Chase at number two, arguably the best receiver in the, in the NFL. Right now, going into year two, do you either pick you pick either Zach Wilson or Jamar Chase at number two, redoing the 2021 NFL draft. Ooh, now that one's a tough one, right? That might even be yeah. tougher than the decision that I had to make in Seattle during my time there as yeah. a general manager. But <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna stay put because at the end of the day, the the quarterback is the most important position, and I think even with Jamar Chase, as talented as he is. I do believe that having a good quarterback throwing to him makes the world a difference, especially having a guy that played with you in college, knows how you win, and trusts you. I've said it. Jamar Chase isn't a huge separator, but he definitely is a guy that can win vertically and almost kind of like Des Bryant. What we saw from him, Des Bryant with Tony Romo, it worked so well because, well, Tony Romo trusted him. and He knew, I just have to throw it up in the area, and he's going to come down with it. Jamar Chase works so well because his quarterback trusts him to the highest degree, and he's putting that ball up there. He's throwing it out there in confidence and to the tune of a guy who probably should have been an all-pro if he wasn't. All right, had an amazing rookie year, one of the best rookie receiving years we've ever seen. So I'm going to stick with the quarterback because if the Jets don't have Zach Wilson, they just don't have that guy. So who's throwing to Jamar Chase? Is it Mike White? Is it uh, Johnson that was there? Before, I mean, yeah. that that's not something that's too exciting. And probably a guy like Jamar Chase, everybody's looking at it like, man, he's supposed to be this awesome guy. But, you know, we're all looking at it like, dude, look, who, look who's throwing to him. So this is almost a chicken or the egg thing. Do you go with the receiver because he's one of those can't-miss prospects and has a high ceiling, but, man, it might take a couple of years because of the quarterback situation or go with the quarterback. I would lean towards building around the quarterback and hoping that I can add some powerful weapons in the future. It just dawned on me. I could have made this a, a little bit tougher and, and maybe realistic. What if the Jets traded for Ryan Tannehill and Ooh. then could draft Jamar Chase or Zach Wilson? Then I would take Jamar Chase. <laughs> yeah. If All you right. told me that okay. we got Ryan Tannehill – and again, he is a guy who doesn't have the highest of ceilings, but I do know that, you know what? We saw what he did with AJ Brown, how he was able to connect yes. with him. That was a team and the quarterback who was the number one seed in the AFC last year. Maybe the most underrated, or maybe the worst <laughs> or number one seed in the AFC ever, but they were the number one seed and they, you know, they missed their running back for a lot of the season, still were able to kind of squeak that out. And I feel like the quarterback has a lot to do with that. So if you told me I'd have Ryan Tannehill and him be a leader and be able to tend to this young stud receiver, I'd go Ryan Tannehill in the trade and definitely draft Jamar Chase. Okay, I'm going to hit you where this one hurts. Really going to hit you where this one hurts. Right there on your T-shirt, it says it, candlestick. John Lynch is out. John Lynch took $85 million to go to Amazon. Uh, and, and I don't know, do sideline reporting. He's taking a lot of money from Amazon. 
and they call you, you are now the GM of the San Francisco 49ers, and you have the opportunity to do the same thing, to redraft in 2021, sitting at number three. Now, you've made all the moves. John, John made all the moves, but now you get to go and redo the draft pick. There was a lot of consternation about that pick because there were a lot of rumors coming out of San Francisco that it was going to be a certain Alabama quarterback going at number three. It ended up being Trey Lance. So you get to redo it, Eric Crocker, for the San Francisco 49ers at number three, redoing the 2021 draft. Would you pick either Mac Jones or the actual pick himself, Trey Lance? I would go with Trey Lance. And my reasons for going with Trey Lance well, one, he has all the ability in the world. We know that. Big arm, athletic yeah. enough. Maybe not as athletic as people think, but also, you know, he ran for 1,100 yards at the FCS level. Yeah. But he's definitely athletic enough, that's for sure. Right. Big arm. But here's the thing, and this is what I was sold on. I got tweets out there that were talking about it pre-draft. I was going to take him over any quarterback in that class, and I know it sounds crazy, but one thing that I realized in my time in the NFL was that Lack of talent was not the reason why guys ended up being quote unquote bust. Yep. The work ethic, who they were, you know, uh, the competitiveness, uh, yes. all those things that are hard to get a read on and you don't know how guys are going to handle the adversity, all those things. Well, Trey Lance was checking off all of those boxes. And to me, when you hear him talk and you hear people talk about him and what they were saying and his relentlessness to want to work and get better. Wherever he was at coming into the NFL, even after his first year, or even after this season coming up, I know he's going to work above and beyond to become an even better version of that. And I'm banking on a guy that has that type of mentality. So I have I have those things uh, going back, those tweets out there saying, if I had to bet on any of these guys, yep. it would be Trey Lance because of the person that he is on top of the talent that he possesses. So we've seen, like, let's say uh, Josh Allen. Right? And I'm not saying this kid's going to be Josh Allen. I'm not saying that. But right. what made Josh Allen turn into Josh Allen? It, right. You know, he had his flaws coming in. He wasn't very accurate at Wyoming. I know everything was on his shoulders. He wasn't very accurate his first two years in the NFL. But he continued to have that relentless work ethic. And those are the things, when you have that to go along with the immense talent that you have, can take you above and beyond. And banking on that with Trey Lance. So we'll see if that comes through. You know, Eric, you just encapsulated absolutely 1,000% perfectly what I call my Dwayne Brown theory. People in Houston know this. Back in 2008, I shows you how old I am because so I was doing this and I've been doing it for a while. The very first draft I did on radio, the Texans drafted Dwayne Brown, and I lost my ever-loving you-know-what on the air because I had seen Dwayne up close to the Shrine Bowl. I didn't like him. And I watched a couple of games. I didn't like him. And I was really upset the Texans spent the 26th pick in the draft on Dwayne Brown. I just lost it. But that exact thing that you told me, that you just said, was it. We see more guys bust because of all the other distractions. But if you have a guy with elite skill, elite talent, and he wants to be great, that guy will find a way to be great. The only, guy, the only, yeah. thing, the only thing that stands in the way at that point is, are injuries. And there's nothing you can do about that. But if a guy really, truly wants to be great and he has those elite traits, he will be great. And Dwayne Brown was that guy. And it's funny because, yep. I mean, I lost it. And then I, I ended up going into the building in 2014 and I got to – it's funny because Dwayne had heard my, my rant, if you will. It was an all-timer, Eric. It was a good one. But I talked to him about that. 
uh, about the fact that he taught me that, that exact thing that you just said, that's the most important thing I think in all of this. And I think that's why Teron Walker, if he has the work ethic that people talk about, I think he'll be okay in Jacksonville because he's got elite traits. And there are some guys that fall through the cracks because he can't find a right position and all that. But if a guy truly, truly wants it, he will be great if he has those. And that's what you you mentioned. Josh Allen's a perfect example. Trey Lance is going to be that perfect example. And I think Mac Jones will take and get near his ceiling for his talent level in New England. But with Matt Patricia calling plays, I'm not going to bank on it. But on San Francisco, (laughs) I definitely would do that. Okay, I got one last either or, and we'll make it quick. Because on Tuesday, it was the 25th anniversary of one of the most hyped athletic events of all time in professional sports. It was Tyson v. Holyfield, the ear bite moment. In his prime, either Tyson or Holyfield. I'm going with Iron Mike. He was just, he was different in their prime. Now, the thing that happened with Holyfield, and I, I remember all that, and, you know, yeah. we used to have the uh, fight parties back in the day. I think they still yes. do it a little bit. But, I mean, it used to bit, be yeah. like a whole get-together nice. at yeah. one of the yeah. uh, parents' friends' house where they have the chip in the uh, box so you know, they don't have to pay for the pay-per-view. And all the kids are over. All the adults are over. The adults are having their fun, drinking their booze. Kids are running around playing. And then once it's time for the fight to start, we all rally around that TV. And you got 50, 60 people in there watching yep. that fight. So I remember all those Mike Tyson fights. And he was just different. He was incredible. And I think that ear bite was kind of the start to a downslide from him. Yeah, so, that, yeah. Uh, but in their prime, in their prime, yeah. I'm taking Iron Mike. I mean, if the fight went 15 rounds, I would take Holyfield because his conditioning was off the charts. But yeah. the fight wasn't going 15 rounds with Tyson in his prime. And, yeah. I, and if, there, if there's a sports regret I have, it's that Tyson – did what he did in Indianapolis, which forced him to end up going to jail because that was going to be, that was going to be it. Tyson Holyfield before he went to jail might've been the greatest fight we'd ever seen, but we never got a chance to see it because Mike got himself in trouble. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, you know, growing up when I was in high school, watching Mike Tyson fights was must see on HBO. Even before they really kind of put stuff on pay-per-view, they put those fights on HBO and me and my buddies never, we never missed. We never missed because you never knew what you were going to see from that guy. He was he was unbelievable. And I still – I don't know. I think he's in his 50s now. I still wouldn't want to be hit by that guy. I wouldn't want him to – I mean, he's he's, unbe- he's unbelievable. He's almost more myth than he is, and he was so great in reality too. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'd go Tyson. Yeah, I got to go Tyson, man. And uh, another fun show with my guy, John Harris. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, you got Locked On 49ers with myself, Brian Peacock. You got Locked On Chiefs with my co-host, Ryan Tracy, and uh, all kind of other shows across the Locked On platform. But that's going to do it for this episode. We'll see you all next time. Peace.